Welcome to What's on the Block, a podcast hosted by X4 Technology, getting answers to the biggest questions on blockchain and the metaverse. The virtual world has a global community of innovators, and we're here to tell you what they're up to. My name is Maxine Ewing, and I'm here with Sam Tarani to talk about weathering the crypto storm. Sam, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So to start off, how would you describe the crypto market right now? Uh, choppy. Uh, I would say choppy. You know, um, we had this crazy run at the, starting last summer, basically, and, and lasting you know, a, a large portion of the year, or actually, rather, it was two years ago now. But yeah, all 2021 was, was quite explosive. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was a massive retrace that, that we saw, you know, begin around October of, uh, of 2021. It's interesting because at the beginning of, of 2021, the market cap overall of, of crypto was somewhere around one trillion. And by October, it was at three trillion, which is, you know, crazy. We, we all expected a retrace. I don't think we expected it to be quite as significant as it ended up being. I don't know if the principles were necessarily there for that to actually have occurred either. Um, you know, at a certain point, we were all the way back down to like, I think 1.6 or 1.7 trillion market cap. I think we're above 2.1 or 2.2 now again, which is nice to see it recovering. But I think it just is a testament now to how volatile the market actually is and, and how much, um, how many more protections need to be put in place for the average consumer. So to talk a little bit about price swings, I read in time that the crypto market as a whole has decreased in value by more than 1 trillion Yep. Since Bitcoin's all-time high, exactly. um, which clearly indicates a lot of price swinging. So as an investor, what is the best mindset you can have to deal with this level of uncertainty in the market? It, it really depends. You know, I mean, for, for me personally, I, I, I believe in the long-term vision of crypto and a lot of the protocols that are emerging. I think that you have to go into it with the mindset of I'm going to be holding for the next couple of years. If you're looking for just, you know, investing in Dogecoin and trying to turn $1,000 into 100000 in a month, I don't think that's the correct mindset to be having right now. Uh, I think there's a lot of principles. Being a principled investor in itself um, will definitely lend you better in the long term. You know, I think that at the end of the day, if you believe in what you're investing in, then there is no bad investment. Even with these massive crashes, you know, I mean, I, I began my journey into crypto in uh, December of 2020 or so. Um, you know, I've, I've seen quite a bit in that short time span. And at the end of the day, you know, I've seen my investments go way up and then also immediately decrease by, by a thousand percent in a day. But I'm still holding because, you know, that's, that's the mindset you need to have. And honestly, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot more reassuring too. At a certain point, I remember me and my, my co-founder way back when in 2020, we're trying day trading on crypto and the markets never sleep. So that was, uh, probably the most stressful two days I've have, I've had in my entire life. Would not recommend it to anybody ever. Yeah, I would definitely just say pick what you like, pick what you think has value long term, and just 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 go to sleep. Don't open it. Don't look at it. Just uh, just enjoy your time. That's definitely probably some really important advice, and also some very difficult advice to follow, especially <laughs> yes. in January. Yes, yes, exactly. So, what is your opinion on what people are calling the potential of a crypto winter? when a steep price decline is followed by a prolonged period of flat trading? I think that, honestly, it's, it's a good thing if it happens. And if it doesn't happen, it's also a good thing. The reason I say that is because in times of these really wild bull run type markets where everything is going up, a lot of money is you know, exchanging hands, the projects and the quality of the projects that come out of that are a lot lower. 
you know, if everybody can just get money for anything just because the investors want the token, they want to sell the token and move on, the actual quality of the idea and the product itself and the utility it adds to the overall DeFi ecosystem or just general uh, crypto ecosystem is quite low. We've seen this, you know, w- with time and time again, where there's all these top investors that invest in a project and then that project ends up being a scam because a lot of these investors don't necessarily do their due diligence. Uh, it's not like in the traditional startup world where, you know, there's months and months of a due diligence process. You, you know, analyze the product itself, the team, the revenue streams, all this kind of stuff. Um, in crypto, it's really like, okay, this looks, the, the tokenomics look okay. The token metrics, like the overall value of the token looks okay. I'm going to invest a million dollars and move on to the next project. There's not really a sense of community or partnering with a lot of these VCs in the projects. It's more like they just want to invest their money somewhere and diversify it as opposed to actually believing in the value of the product. Whereas in a crypto winter um, or prolonged periods of, of downturn, um, the projects have to fight a lot more and a lot harder to get, to receive funding, which also means that they have to refine their idea a lot more. They have to make sure that their runway is good. They have to make sure that their overall fit in the ecosystem is correct. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that adds a lot of pressure, but I think pressure makes diamonds. So I think that, that that's the overall benefit. And I think that in the long run, it'll, it'll just, it'll just help crypto as a whole, um, to, to remove a lot of these superfluous projects. So how does one, you know, in a very theoretical way, limit this issue of superfluous projects? Cause I think a lot of people who are in the space definitely notice that, especially with, you know, NFTs. Yeah. Um, and of course, I mean, there's a million examples. So I, I don't know, is there any thoughts or advice or, you know, tangible changes that could be made? to reduce this issue. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think one of the biggest benefits to the market as a whole is consumer education, educating the users on what already exists, what works, what what hallmarks to look for when, when looking at certain projects or certain tokens, which is something that Ratio, of course, aims to do with, with LP pairs, is doing a risk, and a risk assessment of certain positions. Um, but just having more of these types of educational tools available for users to really understand what they're investing in and why they're investing in it um, I think will lend greatly to to the you know continued development of, of DeFi as a whole. This is sort of similar, but how can investors take a more secure approach to crypto investing? Do your research. You know, um, I think that the biggest thing that will help, obviously, is ratio. The, the The real issue is that a lot of the risks are kind of hidden away from the consumer, not necessarily always for nefarious purposes. Sometimes for nefarious purposes, but typically just to kind of protect the protocol itself. Whereas ratio as a risk assessment protocol um, really aims to display the true risk of every type of asset or every type of position that can be taken um, in the ecosystem. You know, and I think that that's been the, the missing link um, to really take DeFi to the next level. You know, it, it started off in kind of its, its seed, its, 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 its infancy, um, the last couple of years, the last year or so. It's really grown a lot. And then now I think the next step is taking it into a more regulated and secure type environment where not just every project or not just every coin is just publicly broadcasted or whatever. You see this all the time on like TikTok, for example, where people are just talking about some random coin because people just got paid by that, by that project itself. And I think that a lot of those risks just go unnoticed because they're, they're purposely being uh, hidden. So I think that us bringing a lot of these risks to the forefront will help educate the consumer base a lot more to make these more educated decisions and make a safer environment as a whole. I would encourage everyone to listen to our other episode with Sam called De-Risking DeFi, where he goes in a lot more about ratio and the projects he's working on. 
Speaking about, you know, the correlation between crypto and mm-hmm. stocks, how would how would you describe that relationship since yeah, the downturn? Especially? It's actually interesting because I wrote my thesis in 2018 or so now on something similar where basically I analyzed what the monetary policy and central bank regulation would be to Bitcoin and blockchain as a whole. And in there, there was actually an article that I read that, I read that did a lot of empirical studies on this actual correlation. They ended up finding that there wasn't a real correlation. But again, this was a, a while ago. So things have changed quite significantly. The one thing that I that, that's very interesting to see is that typically when the stock market doesn't perform, um, the crypto markets also don't really perform. But similarly, when the when the stock markets do perform, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that the crypto markets perform. You know, on top of that, the price swings and the volatility in crypto is a lot different than in the stock market. You know, like, if you just speak to the average investor in, in the traditional markets, when Netflix was down 10% in a day because they didn't hit their earnings, everybody was freaking out. But when, you know, some a crypto token goes down 10% in a day, it's like, oh, okay, it's not a bad day, you know? So I think that the overall expectations of both markets um, are, are also a lot different. And that's something that I think that as we go on in time and as the markets become more regulated and more secure, um, that stability will, 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 will come, especially as the institutional money begins flowing in. You know, the crypto market is still so small compared to just the traditional market. I think the traditional market is like, you know, 200 plus trillion dollars, whereas the crypto market is three. Um, I'm probably way off from the traditional markets, honestly, but it's a lot. It's a lot smaller. I think one thing that's very important to note is that while crypto appears to be decentralized, it's actually more easy. It's actually easier for a couple of people to kind of control the market just because it is smaller. So I think that's also what's been happening quite a bit is that there's been a couple of, you know, larger whales, so to speak, that have been moving the markets in a way that's favorable for them, um, which in turn affects everybody else. I think that the market is so new and nascent right now and that the amount of money isn't big enough to, to remain stable. Um, so, yeah, again, as institutions come in, as there's more money that comes in, it'll also aid the stability of the market as a whole. One last question, and it's a bit off topic. Um, but you know, another really big thing that happened recently was the drop in meta value. Do you have any thoughts as to if that is at all a cue to consumers regarding the entire, you know, blockchain industry? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. You know, I think that in general, people are getting kind of fatigued from Facebook, both from a privacy perspective, um, and just from, you know, them just continually kind of neglecting the, the general good of the consumers, both, yeah, like I mentioned, privacy, but also just a lot of the content they've been posting. I think it is more to do with Facebook. Um, I think the product that Meta tried to come out with um, was also kind of ill-conceived and more of kind of like an attempt to, to capitalize on the, on the recent success of crypto. I don't think it was necessarily like something done out of like a need in the market that they saw. It was more them to try and capitalize on an opportunity. So I, I don't think I don't think it's indicative of the future of crypto as a whole or or of people's general perception of blockchain. I think the one thing that is kind of hindering people's ability to see the future of blockchain is uh, the the scammy NFTs, so to speak. I think people are really getting NFT fatigue. Like everywhere you see something, and everybody's trying to advertise some NFT or whatever that doesn't actually have value. And it's interesting because NFTs in its own, the technology itself is really great technology that can be applied to a lot of cool. Uh, use cases. But I think that the way that it's currently being handled and the way that everybody kind of views it as a get rich scheme, get rich quick scheme um, <laughs> is kind of uh, detrimental to the overall industry. Um, so I, I'm really hoping that people do continue to get fatigue of that, but that they don't conflate 
the NFT industry with the novel things that DeFi is doing um, in general. That was Sam Tarani. Tune in next week to stay in the loop with what's on the block.